Love Talk Radio. Blessings. V, are you on the line, honey? You on the I line? am here. I am here. Give me thanks. Good evening, and we welcome everyone to Let's Talk Love, Sex, and Nutrition. Hey, honey. Hey, honey. Oh, <laughs> man. How are you doing? <laughs> mm, girl, don't even let me start talking. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm just going to give thanks and praise because God is good all the time. God all is the absolutely time. good all the yes. time. I thank you so much for being here 
and our amazing guests that are going to be with us tonight are here, mm-hmm. and we're going to be talking about some love, and uh, it's interesting, the conversation that we're going to be having about ending the war on love. So I'm interested the to war. hear what our relationship coaches have to say about that. And I just wanted to say to the family, that was not the song that I had intended to play. It was supposed to be um, um, loving, there can you think of it, the a right way to love somebody, the right way to love somebody, which I thought would have uh, been apropos for this conversation. But, you know, it is what it is. It is so, what it anyway. is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How's your I was gonna ask you. Who, I was actually going to ask you who the artist was on the song. I, I like the song, but um, I was going to ask you, like I said, who the artist was. So you know, everything happens in divine order. Baby, <laughs> I don't know. That was some blog talk stuff that came up. So. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody chose that song. I mean, I like the song, though, but uh, we'll have to check it out. We'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. How was your day? Your day was good? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It was was good. You know, I I say any day on this side of dirt is is a good day. So, you know, give thanks and praise for that. And it was a busy day, a busy and productive day. So, um, you know, here it is, another Friday evening, and here we are yet on another episode of Let's Talk Love, Sex, and Nutrition. And I tell you, family, you know, when me and Z, when we bring the show to you, you know, we, um, sometimes we're moving and shaking. (laughs) Literally, literally moving and shaking. (laughs) But it's and, uh, you know, Bonnie, I know everybody's gearing themselves up for this weekend. Yeah. I'm getting themselves all dolled up. They want to look good for their food or look good for themselves, you know, whatever it is. And the brothers are getting all shined up and uh, everybody's preparing for, for, you know, the Valentine's weekend. So it's a lot of love flowing around in the air. And, you know, that's always always a good thing. Yes, so it let's is. move into our disclaimer and All then right. we can go ahead and invite our guests on. I'm excited uh, to bring them on tonight. All right, all right. So to those listeners that are new to Let's Talk Love, Sex, and Nutrition, um, I am Bonnie, Bonnie Walters, and I am a sexual wellness coach. And Z is our, Z, do we, are we still, we still have love and sex enthusiasts? I know that we're going to come up. (laughs) Yes, love and sex enthusiasts. (laughs) <laughs> but she is a, a, a goddess. Uh, I mean, she is. Z is everything. So, so we um we say a disclaimer before we get started on the show, just to let our adult audience know that this is an adult show. Um, we do have adult content on here, and so we just like to let our listening audience know this. If they have any little ones in the listening area or earshot, we just like to, you know, like I said, let our adults know that that is the case. And then also with them, with that being said, that I am a sexual wellness coach. Um, neither Z and I, we are not medical doctors, so we also, you know, like to just stress that um, we have guests on the show as well as 
you know, Z and I, we bring things um, in conversation to the show um, about different, um, whether it be herbs or what would be considered alternative um, medicine or what, what have you. And we just, you know, advise that if you are under any type of medical attention, um, that you consult with your medical physician um, or medical care. So other than that, Z, did I miss anything? Nobody, as usual, you handled it magnificently. We just want to thank the family for spending time with us tonight. You know, you could be a lot of places on a Friday night, but you chose to be here, and we're grateful. Um, yes, we you know, are. if you are in a place where you can just relax and, you know, maybe get a nice uh, glass of wine or some. You know, maybe a nice cup of tea, whatever your mm-hmm. whatever your desire is, relax and you know, we're in a beautiful uh, new moon vibration. And so yes. uh, we're gonna be talking about some love, love, love tonight. So without further ado, we want to share with you the family our amazing relationship coaches, Reverend Harvey. L. Bailey and Reverend Arlene Cahet. And they are the co producers of of the Family Healing Circle uh, here on Blog Talk Radio. And we are part of that um, community, of this community. We're so grateful that we are here. And Harvey and Arlene, are you here with us? Yeah, I'm here. Yes, we are. Awesome, awesome. Oh, and ladies, let me say this. That song played because it was supposed to. I put that Uh song on there months ago for one of my shows. It's one Uh of my favorite songs, and it's from the Miami Vice, the movie. Not the TV show, but the movie with Jamie Foxx. It's from the soundtrack of Miami Vice. And it's very apropos because in a lot of relationships, somebody's thinking one of these mornings, one of these days, you're going to look for me, and I'm going to be gone. That is so true, because I was thinking that same thing. I said, well, somebody ain't going to be getting that message probably this weekend. Somebody already thinking it. They turning it, they tuning in tonight to hope that we can help them out, because yes, one of these mornings, right. you're going to look for me, <laughs> and I won't be there. <laughs> that's right, and you know what? That's because, and, and and I'm so glad you said that, Harvey, because you know people are in troubled relationships, and that's one of the things I put up on the post. Are you in a troubled relationship? Are you having trouble communicating with your beloved? So we are going to be talking about all that tonight, so that hopefully that sister or that brother won't be saying one of these days you're going to wake up and I will be gone. <laughs> So I'm actually going to turn it over to you and our beautiful queen goddess, Arlene, uh, to introduce yourself, talk a little bit about who you are and what you're going to be presenting tonight. Thank you. Miss mm-hmm. Arlene. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, my my name is Reverend Arlene Cahet, and I am a relationship coach, a spiritual intuitive and also an energy healer. And um, I initially 
got uh, I initially started out in energy healing and I've been in been practicing that for well over 16 17 years and uh, as far as the intuitive abilities uh, are concerned, that came in a little bit later. Um, it, it was always there as just as doing it as business that came in later. And about two years ago, I approached Reverend Harvey about, you know, promoting more love in the world. Now, it did not exactly, it has... I guess you could say, flowered and evolved into what it is right now. And, um, but, and it has, you know, it, it has really come to a place where it's a, a part of my calling of, of spreading more love in the world to, to help people, you know, make a shift in their particular paradigm and the way they think about relationships because, um, you know, uh, I'm sure Reverend Harvey's going to talk about it a little bit later, but, you know, the the divorce rate, it was at 50% um, back in the 80s. And you fast forward to, to today, and the rate is still high, but now you're finding that less and less people are actually getting married. So, you know, what is going on with this particular paradigm that's going on. And um, Reverend Harvey and I have done a great deal of research on relationships and, you know, what's really causing uh, much of the strife that people are having. And we wanted to go ahead and bring that out and and show people, like, you know, there there is a different way of relating to your beloved and, and all of your relationships. Because even though we talk about, you know, the one-on-one relationships that you may have with your beloved, um, the principles and tools that we use can begin to affect all of your relationships. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later, uh, uh, about what can be done um, to start healing that process. But that that's just a little bit about me, Reverend, Reverend Harvey. Okay. So I am Reverend Harvey L. Bailey. I hold a degree in divinity and one in metaphysics. Metaphysics is my specialty and my love. I am also an energy healer. I am a Reiki master teacher. I am a chakra instructor. I do EFT as well, emotional freedom technique, which is a tapping technique. And as Reverend Arlene said, about two years ago, she gave me a call and said, hey, let's do some workshops. And so that is where this union here began. And we started doing workshops around relationships and love, which was interesting because not to say I had no interest in love. I had lots of interest in love. I believe in love. I am the Don Quixote of love. As he chased windmills and believed in chivalry, I chased love and believe in the fairy tale that a sacred union is possible because to me it's not a fairy tale. <laughs> With that said, it was not anything that was in my range of sight. It was not anything that I was after or thinking about doing. I was already a certified professional coach, and I was doing spiritual coaching at the time and had just moved into awareness coaching when Arlene came with this, 
And so now I have been trained, we both have been trained, as relationship coaches. And, you know, the rest is is really still history in the making. There's so much more that we want to do because there's so much work to be done. There's so many people out there who's looking for love, who really wants to find a nice, solid love, who wants to be in a relationship that can stand the test of time, not just a right-now relationship, not just a relationship that's good for seven years or, as latest statistics say, Americans are staying together on an average in wedlock for 10 years. (laughs) What's 10 years? You know? How about 50, 60 years? So tonight, Reverend Arlene and I are going to see what we can do to reach every one of you listening by giving you a different perspective on love. We're going to talk about the war on love. And some of the things that we're going to talk about, especially in the beginning, will probably make you wonder, what does this have to do with my relationship? You see, because I am going to attack the war on love from a broad scale. And so I'm not going to be talking about your individual relationship, what's going on behind closed doors with you and your boo. I'm going to leave that to Reverend Arlene. I'm going to talk about factors that's affecting the world. And though you may not think that it affects you, or at least your relationship, it do, because all things are connected. All things are connected. So what I need for people to understand, starting off right out the bat, there is a possibility that everything you know to be true is a lie. I remember the first time I heard that in the late 80s, everything you know to be true is a lie. It was just something that sounded good, but kind of went in one ear and out the other ear. Life has shown me that a lot of things that I have accepted, I accept it because of where I grew up and how I grew up. And so because it was what I saw, it was what I deemed to be reality. But reality is an interesting thing. Seven billion people on the world, in this planet, and everybody has their own perspective of reality. You see, reality is for each and every one of us what we make reality. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. What I mean by that, if you go to a mental institute, and you find someone who has a split personality, schizophrenia, if you will. One personality may see the world as this brave person who's protecting this other personality that's scared and been hurt. This brave person shows up, and their whole demeanor makes them appear taller, but they're not. The chest is out. The face structure is different, and the facial structure literally is different. And they show up as the warrior, god or goddess that they are. Yet when they're in a different mentality, they're hunched, and they seem smaller. And this mentality actually wears glasses, meaning if you took them to an ophthalmologist, they would actually need glasses. You see, they really need glasses, but the other personality does not. But it's only one body. How is that possible? Because the mind is more powerful than we give it credit for. So reality changes as we change. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. 
When we see someone who has schizophrenia and we see their body structure change, it's because one mindset sees the world one way and another sees it another way. So if we can accept that there is a possibility that maybe a lot of what we know to be true is a lie, then we can start to move forward with understanding the war on love. So let's start off with the most important truth that we need to understand, because this is really where it all began. The biggest lie, the number one lie everyone has been told and most people accept is that we are separate from God. That God is somewhere out there and we're here. But God lives within us. We are not separate from God. Quantum physics has proven that not only are we all connected, which means we are not separate from each other, your physical frame is, but you have a body that exists beyond the physical body. And that connects to every other body. Quantum physics has also shown that we are not separate from God. But then along comes Greg Braden in his book, The God Code, and he goes back using a science called gematria, Hebrew science, where you translate letters into numbers. And so doing work with the human genome, the DNA, he has found that this is nothing new. He already knew. The human DNA is made up of hydrogen, nitrogen, and oxygen. And it has a repeating code of how the hydrogen, nitrogen, and oxygen shows up throughout the DNA. But when he turned the letters into Jewish letters, ancient Hebrew letters, the numbers spell out in letters... Y-H-V-H. Ancient Hebrew did not have a W. So it's Y-H-V-H. And anyone who knows the Bible knows what I'm saying here. It's Yahweh, the name of God. And it's repeated over and over in every human being's DNA. It is the way the hydrogen, the nitrogen, and the oxygen consistently lines up in every human being's DNA. If you turn the numbers that they create into letters, they create the name of God over and over and over. What more proof do we need that we are connected to God than God's label in our very own body? So if we start there, let's take a look at the war on love and how the war on love works. On one side, we have love. And on the other side, we have the opposite of love. Now, ladies, I'm going to ask you, what's the opposite of love? Somebody other than Arlene, tell me. I want to say hate. That's what we've always been taught. But you know what? Hate is uh -huh. not the opposite of love. Is that right? That's right. The opposite of love is actually fear. fear. Hate is a very powerful general in the war on love, but hate. Is not the opposite of love, but that's what we've all been taught. So misdirection right there. We've all been focused on love, but if you think about it, at the core of every hate is a fear. It's a fear that people who look like me won't exist anymore. It's a fear that you're going to take my money and I won't be as rich as I am. It's a fear that you're going to kill me. It's a fear that you're going to hurt my family. It's a fear of this. It's a fear of that. 
So at the bottom of hate is fear. Fear is the commander-in-chief on the opposite side of love. And it's interesting that you said hate because, like I said, that's what we've all been taught, misdirection right off the bat. But hate, hate is like the ego. It wants you to know it's there. Hate takes credit for it. Hate stands up and says, you know what, I'm the opposite of love. You know, forget about fear. Fear don't care because you're doing my work. So say what you want to say. I can care less, you know. But hate gets in your face. We know hate. People have grown up seeing hate. Sometimes you see hate in your own family, in your own household. So we know hate. We understand hate. Fear we don't necessarily think of as being that powerful. But think about this. Think about this. Fear works silently, and it whispers in your ear, and it tells you that you can't do this, and it makes you act irrationally because of your fears. You see, in Conversations with God, Neil Donald Walsh's best-selling book, there's a, a, a part where God is explaining to Neil that in the realm where God is, it's called the realm of the absolute. And I know I sound like I'm preaching, but I'm really not. <laughs> so right, forgive me if I sound a little preachy. God is in the realm of the absolute. In this three-dimensional world that we live in, this is called the realm of effects or the world of effects. It's the world of effects because things work by cause and effects. We are always at cause. By we, I mean human beings. We are always at cause. How are we at cause? We are at cause by our thoughts. So now think about that. If our thoughts, words, and actions had the ability to create, has the ability to manifest in the world, what happens if fear gets into our thoughts? What do you think happens if fear gets into your thoughts? I'll tell you. It starts to dilute your thoughts. Your thoughts are not mm-hmm. as clear as they should be. You start to worry about the possibility of doing things. Yet, if you realize that you are connected to God. I remember when I first started learning metaphysics and people used to ask me over and over again. And I used to like to throw it out, but it just was words. Just saying stuff that sounded good and powerful. If you could do anything in the world because you knew you could not fail, what would you do? And so I used to like to say that. But it wasn't a journey that I really wanted to take until I did. And it's a lifelong journey because when you take that journey, you're saying to fear, I'm going to stand up and be who I am, regardless of the consequences. I am man or woman enough to deal with whatever consequences come my way. I will be bold and follow my dreams regardless. It hurts, people. It hurts a whole lot. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and you'll have to do some things that you don't want to do. You'll have to cross Wimp Junction. You'll have to change how you think. You're going to lose people along the way, people who had your back. Because when you stand up, they're going to be afraid of how you show up. So on one side, we've got love. On the other side, we've got fear. Love tells you you can do it all. All things are possible through Christ who strengthens me. Love tells us that. But when we don't act on that, we act on fear. Don't be crazy. Have you ever seen anybody succeed all the way at things? Sure, but look what they did. They compromised this. They did that. They lied. They cheated. You know, they made a Faustine deal. For anybody who don't know what that is, 
Faust was the first person to make a deal with Mephistopheles. Okay, you don't know who Mephistopheles is? Let me just make it simple. Faust made a deal with the devil. Hmm. So, you know, this is the kind of stuff that fear tells you. And so fear brung in hate. And hate works through so many different ways. And hate runs the biggest branch of the military for fear. It's got soldiers everywhere working overtime all the time trying to make you hate other people for whatever, for whatever. But as big as hate is, hate isn't even the best soldier or the best general in fear's army. You see, there's another entity in this army, and it's called greed. And greed is mighty powerful. And when greed and hate get together, oh, they make a powerful combination. We know greed. We know greed because we've seen what happened to the economy when greed takes effect. When people buy things that they can't afford, but, you know, you can get a loan for it anyway, so don't worry about the fact that you can't afford it. I'm going to make money. It's going to be all right. You know, much of our Western society is based on greed, a good portion of it. It's all about the dollar-dollar bill, y'all. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get that money, (laughs) you know. And so that's how greed works. Greed gets in, and greed can turn best friends against each other. It can turn mother against father. It can turn husband against wife. It can turn you against your boss. You know, greed just it, it just gets in there, and it gets in nice and thick, and it, it, it gives you a taste of it. You know, get a taste of what it's like to have a better life. Come on, have a hundred grand. Now, would you sell your soul for two hundred grand? Sure you would. Everybody's got a price. What do you need, a mil, five mil, 25 mil? What would you do for it? You know, mm-hmm. that's how greed works. And I remember back in the 80s when I was a break dancer out on the corner doing my thing, oh. and the oh, sun wow. would come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was me. I could spin on <laughs> my head. I could not do the windmill. That's the one thing I couldn't do. I could do uh-huh. a front would flip, and oh, yeah, I would get down. But my song would come on, and I'd bring out my best moves, What People Do for Money. Oh, and the song was so right, What People Do for Money. A man came around the neighborhood, and he promised to take you to Hollywood, but he was up to no good. He skipped town with all your bread. (laughs) People in their greed. It's It's a horrible thing, greed is. But you know what? As bad as greed is, there's another entity in this army, in this military. And this guy runs the Special Operations Command. He runs mainly undetected because Mm -hmm. we accept what he does as normal. Yet we don't realize how dangerous he is. You see, someone once told me the way to hide things is to hide it in plain sight. If you're going to do your dirt, do it in plain sight where people don't see it. If you're going to tell mm. your lie, tell your lie like a truth and tell your truth like a lie. Misdirection. Division. 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 Division mm. gets in and we accept it. You know why we accept it? Because what would life be without it? Again, in conversations with God, God tells us we live in the world of effects. What that means is the only way you know anything is by its opposite. So Mm. let's look at how division works and think about what God is telling Neil in conversations with God. 
When I came into this world, it was in a month called November. It is divided from all the other months because we know it is November. It wasn't, oh, any old month. It was November. Mm-hmm. The day that I was born, it's a specific day because it has a number on it. So it has a title. So you know it wasn't just any old day. You know, and yes, that's plain, that's simple, that's innocent. We accept right. that, and that's good. But let's go on. The doctor put on my birth certificate, black male. So now you know that I'm not Asian, I'm not Hispanic, I'm not Caucasian, I'm black, division. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And we've seen how the race thing plays out in division, right? And if we haven't, it's happening all over the world. We don't just have to separate with, you know, how it is in America, black versus white. We can look at around the world. We can look at, you know, all the armies over in the Middle East that are fighting because we're Kurds and you're this and we're Muslims and you're Christians. And, you know, even the Taliban doesn't like ISIS. Yet some of the leaders of ISIS broke off from the Taliban. Ideology, another way of separating us. You know, so division is the most powerful one because it seems so natural. It seems so natural. The war of the sexes. You know, women are like this. Men are like that. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. We think differently. Yes, but we're also alike. We just mm-hmm. express differently. But as long as we allow division to keep us apart, as long as we allow division to do what division do, it makes it easier for us to lose the war on love. You see, because, again, God lives in the realm called the realm of the absolute. Let me explain the realm of the absolute. In the realm of the absolute, the divine dichotomy runs the day. What's the divine dichotomy? The divine dichotomy is you don't need to know something by its opposite. If every day is good in this world, how would you know bad? If all you ate was pizza, how would you know if you'd like steak? You wouldn't. You have nothing to compare it to because this is what you know. In the realm of the absolute, you know without having to experience. In this round, you need to experience. And so you know what you like by understanding what you don't like. In the realm of the absolute, you can intuit it. You know it instinctively. You don't need to experience it. So the divine dichotomy means that opposites are the same as the same. So in the world of the absolute, there is no division. In the world of the absolute, there is no war on love. In the world of the absolute, war and love are basically the same thing. It is this, yet it is also that. In this world, we can't accept that. It's either or. How can it be love and hate? How can it be both of them at the same time? Well, think of a quarter. Mm-hmm. If love is heads and hate is tails, that's the world of the absolute, the realm, of the spiritual realm where we find God. It's just a quarter. A quarter is still a quarter, even though one side is heads and one side is tails. In our world, it's hard to accept that, so it has to be either this or that. And you think okay. about that when you have your arguments, and Arlene is going to talk about that. You know, mm-hmm. When you're having that argument, it's because it has to be your side or the other side. Is it possible it could be both sides? Why does one person have to be right and the other person have to be wrong? Why can't it be both are right and both are wrong? What matters is getting to the end. So in the war on love, these three entities get out into the world, and they affect things in the world. And then it trickles down to you. You think about how in today's world, for most families, it takes both people, husband and wife, to work 
in order to make ends meet. Remember a time when mom took care of the house and father went out and worked? Yeah, there was a time mm-hmm. like that. One income took care of everything, and somebody took care of the household. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be that mom stays home and dad works. It could actually be the other way around. But wouldn't it be good, particularly if you are someone who has young children, wouldn't it be mm-hmm. good if you could spend time with your kids instead oh, yeah. of electronic devices spending time with your kids? Definitely, because I, I miss that era. I grew up with both parents in the household, you know, working. And uh, when I was of age, I was working. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. And if you think that's by accident, it's really not. Think right. about why it takes two parents now to work. Well, greed, one, because greed mm-hmm. is doing its thing, and so everybody wants more of your money. Oh, gas prices are now down, but what about a year ago? Remember a couple years back when they were nearing $5 a gallon? Oh, yeah. How rich do, do you think they got? And what about Big Pharma? Right now in the news, we've got this guy who, you know, put out this pill, and it helps a whole lot of people with their condition, and then Mm -hmm. overnight he decided to increase it by about 100%. What the heck? And then when he had a Senate committee meeting, he was all smug about it, like, yeah, I got money. What you going to do to me? Come on. (laughs) You know? And it's interesting because if you saw it on TV, Maryland Congressman Elijah Cummins was so frustrated, he just had this look like he wanted to jump over the bench and choke this young boy. And the young boy's like, <laughs> I'm untouchable. I don't care what mm. you say. I mean, his looks was total disrespect. He didn't have to say the words. His words was just dismissive. But his looks was total disrespect. You see, that's greed. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that most people don't understand is money can't buy you power, but power can get you money. You see, and if you don't believe me, you ask any African warlord. He didn't start off with money, but he killed enough people that he got power. And when he got power, then he was able to get anything else he wanted. You see, money can't buy you power. You ask several millionaires, even billionaires, who want to have power. You know, what is the, the billionaire name in New York who, who, you know, wants to run for president or wanted to run for president? <laughs> You know, and, and what about the guy with the ears who was a billionaire who ran for president? You see, money can't buy you power. But when you seize the power, you can get all the money you want. Unfortunately, most people think that seizing power is the way Mao Zedong put it in the Red Book. Power comes from the end of, from the barrel of a gun. That's not necessarily true. You see, we've all been endowed with a power to accomplish what we were put here on this planet to do. And that power comes from the Almighty. Mm -hmm. And nothing, not even a silly little thing like death can stop it from happening. Because if you think about Dr. Martin Luther King, a lot of what he envisioned happened after his death. So not even a silly little thing like death stopped his ideas from happening. But this is the war on love, because the war on love separates you from you. It separates you from you. By one, having you believe that you are separate from God, you don't believe that you can take certain chances. You don't Mm. believe in what's deep inside of you. Sometimes we give our dreams away. We give our power away. It's Mm -hmm. nothing worse than giving your dreams away. Since you were 12 years old, you always wanted to be something. But now at 38, you've got a family, you've got kids, and all of a sudden you think, well, you know, I can't do it now. 
You know, I've always wanted right. to do this, but now I got responsibilities. No, you still can do it. You just got to try harder. You see, but that's fear talking to you. And fear is the commander-in-chief of the opposite military. It's okay. the one that wants you to fail. It's the one that wants you to fall apart. And so when the family unit falls apart, remember, the family unit is the core of the American society. What happens if our children are running roughshod? How many institutions do we need to create to put the babies in and then to put the fathers in? And all you got left are the women out on the street with their man incarcerated, with their baby incarcerated. Who's taking care of these people? And think about it. Greed plays a big part in that, and so does division. Let me tell you how. Most of the correctional facilities now around the United States are funded and operated by private industry. No longer the government, but private industry. Private industry means there's some board of executives somewhere that needs to make money because what do you do with a business? You show your shareholders profits. So if your business is to run correctional facilities, how do you make profits? Well, you need more bodies because you get paid by the body. Hmm. Make you think about what's going on in the world, right? Hmm. Could there be another reason people are being corralled in the prison other than maybe breaking a law? Somebody getting rich. Division. When we think about people going to prison, what color people do we think about? Yes. Disproportionately so. Disproportionately so. And what does the justice system do? Turn a blind eye to it. And when someone stands up and say, Why is it that disproportionately people of color go to jail more so than those who are Caucasian? Why is that? No one really wants to discuss that. Or we'll hold a panel or we'll put together a focus group to find out why, but we ain't going to do anything about it. we throw you some peanuts to make you feel good. You see, that's the war on love. The war on love is happening right before your eyes in every single way. Any instance you can think of where greed, and if you can't really think of any instance of greed, think of something where people are making money, where businesses are making money. Wow, that's everything, right? Do the cost of food go up? All the time. Hmm. What about the way farming is done? Some farmers receive a subsidy not to grow certain foods. Hmm. There's got to be a reason for that, right? I don't want you to grow any peaches this year. None at all? No, but we're going to pay you not to. Okay. Huh. When peaches come out, you know what? There's not a lot of peaches out, so the cost of peaches are up because they're not in abundance. So you pay more for what's out there. Wow. But somebody got paid not to grow them. Can I ask this question? So how can we, you know, individually or, you know, as a community or as a consciousness, uh, assist with ending this war on love in our society? And then we want to bring it into how do we do that within our own selves, our families, and our personal mm-hmm. relationships? How do we do yep. that? And, and Arlene will take care of how to do it inside your relationship. On a broad scale, first you have to recognize. You have to recognize how the war on love 
works. So you have to understand how to recognize greed when you see it. You have to understand how to recognize division when you see it. And division shows up all the time. And let me just say something about division. Division is not necessarily a bad thing until it is. So you have to recognize it when it's operating as a bad thing, i.e. the war of the sexes. That benefits no one. As long as we're at war, we can never be making love. Racism. Racism is very real, but that don't mean you have to participate in it. That don't mean you have to take a side. If anything, you fight to eradicate it, as Martin Luther King did. You fight to put an end to it, because as long as you choose a side, you are participating in the war on love. Love doesn't see color. So these are the things that you have to do. You have to recognize it, and you know what? Here's the beauty of it for everybody listening. You don't have to go out and do something on a broad scale. You start with just yourself. That's all you got to do. Start with yourself. If you make the change, the changes that you make will affect other people just by them listening to them to you, just by them being around you, just by them seeing you be the example, just by the vibration that you'll start to carry. People around you will feel propelled. Have you ever heard someone say, I feel better just being around you? That's because that person puts out a vibration. So if you start to fight the things inside your mind that makes you want to separate from someone else, I'm dark-skinned, you're light-skinned, I'm short, you're tall, I have, you don't have, the haves and the have-nots, all of that. When you start to break the vision down by that, none of that matters. You know, I'm going to be the best that I can be regardless of what I look like, regardless of how I manifest in this world. And you give love to yourself. You constantly give love to yourself when it comes to greed. Hey, sometimes that can be real hard. Sometimes it can be real tempting if you're in a situation where someone is offering you something of monetary value to maybe turn a blind eye. You don't even have to you know, really question your morals here. Just turn around for a second and not see this. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because the first time you do it, you're on a path to always doing it. And the money can become addictive. Money can become just as addictive as crack cocaine. When you start getting it and it comes in abundance, you want more. You can't wait for the next fix. If you make a million dollars a year, you want two million. You don't believe me? Take a look at the statistics. People in America live above their means. Why? Because if you make $350,000 a year, you want to live at 500000 because you think you can. How? Because we've allowed people to get credit cards and loans and all this other stuff to make you feel like you have what you don't have. So you channel it within yourself, and you fight the urge within you. Greed, hate, and division. That's how you do it. Arlene, you can take the second part of Zakia's question. So, actually, I was going to say, Arlene, before you do that, um, why don't we go ahead and do our commercial and uh, give the family a chance to take a couple deep breaths, maybe go get some Mm -hmm. water or something, and then come back, and um, and we will have you follow up uh, with our personal relationship. All right. Um, Okay, let's see, let's see. Get to the commercial. 
to the Family Healing Circle, where we heal the mind, body, and soul. Join us every Monday for Totally Whole with Dr. Rosemary Cook and Pastor Bridget as they discuss issues related to spirituality and mental health with emphasis on wholeness of mind, body, and spirit. Get your money right Tuesdays on Money Matters with Chastity A. Wells. This show is the tool you need to develop a healthy relationship with your money and financial legacy. Every Thursday is a treat as we mix it up. On the first Thursday of the month, it's Total Empowerment with Angela Hart, where beauty and strength is enhanced inside and out. The second Thursday of the month is Relationship Talk on One Love, One Connection, One Up with Reverends Arlene Cahet and Harvey L. Bailey as they give you practical advice for creating a spiritual union to have the relationship you want. Call in with your relationship questions. Calling all brothers on the third Thursday of the month, it's the Sacred Masculine Show with Reverend Jamel Gilliam. It's a show for spiritual brothers and the women who love them. When there is a fourth Thursday in the month, we have the Healing Paradigm with Reverend Arlene Cahet, healing the mind, body, and spirit through changing viewpoints. Every Friday, let's talk love, sex, and nutrition with sexual wellness coach Bondria Walters and sex enthusiast Nakia Lana, the hottest sexual health and wellness and nutrition show around. This is for the grown and sexy. Listen at your own risk. If you don't know, now you know. The Family Healing Circle on Blog Talk Radio, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's the best in entertainment, education, and talk radio. All right, family. We want to welcome you back to um, another Friday evening of Let's Talk, Love, Sex, and Nutrition. This is Bonnie, your sexual wellness coach, and we have Z on the air as well. And you are joining us this evening as we talk about relationship and love, the war on love with guests Harvey and Arlene. And um, for those, if you're just joining us, um, we have two guests on tonight. We just got finished listening to Harvey as he talked about fear. The opposite of love is not hate, but fear. And within that fear, that's even broken down into hate and greed and division. And that when we recognize these, then we can begin to, um, you know, just dispel the the fear that we have. So, again, thank you for joining us on Let's Talk Love, Sex, and Nutrition. And um, you're joining us. And we have Arlene. Hi, Arlene. Hi, how you doing? I am well, sis. I am well. Such a pleasure to have you on the show with us this evening. Yes, yes. We, uh, we do say thank you, Arlene, for being here. And, you know, it's always a pleasure to have you come on. Um, Harvey gave us the big, bold side of ending this war in love. And I think you get ready to bring up some, a little uh, gentler, a side that will bring us into 
how to handle our one-on-one relationships, which, you know, we, we're all in one-on-one relationships, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, with a beloved, a spouse, a um, significant other, or whether it's um, our children, uh, our parents, whomever. So we welcome you. We thank you so much for being here, and we are going to turn it over to you to do your thing. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, one of the things, um, at least from my perspective, when I look at the collective consciousness, uh, understand, I I want everybody who's listening to understand that, uh, Reverend Harvey touched on it before, but that we all are one. So with us being all all one, what we need to really think and focus in on is that if we're one, then, you know, what we see is a reflection of what's going on inside of us. So that the true the true reason for experiencing, the, seeing the things that we see, whether or not it is in our personal relationships with our beloved, if it's our relationships with our children, our coworkers, it is it is what is actually taking place in us. And if you, in any place, um, especially on a very local level, see any strife or distress taking place, then you need to ask yourself where this takes place in you. Now, before I go any further, I'm just going to give a few examples of how this takes place. So, say, for instance, you know, you have, find yourself having a reaction because your beloved has, and I'm using this example because in my family, food was a, you know, a big button for most people. So you left, you left some food or you left the juice on the counter and you left the juice on the counter all day and you come you find you know that or somebody has left the juice on the counter all day and you come in and you see that the juice is on the counter you feel the juice and it has actually expanded and it, you know it, it, you know you know you open up the juice and you can smell that it has actually soured and you find yourself getting you know upset about this now it, you know, here's here's the thing. Uh, the person who left it on the counter, you you know, perhaps it was your beloved, and they, you go, like, you have this big growl about, you know, why have you left this juice on the counter for, you know, and how many times have I been telling you to put the stuff in the refrigerator or whatever? You know, one of the things that you need to ask yourself is, because it begins with you. What's going on inside of you that you're having such a reaction to it? Why are you reacting so angrily at the juice being left on the counter? And if you take a look at that, and I'm going to give use myself as an, as an example because this is one of the things that I've dealt with uh, with you know different members of my family, but when I go back, you know the 
my family members would make a big deal out of it because, you know, at some point in their history, they would get down my throat about being wasteful, about not being mindful about it. And and all of a sudden, because I had when I and when you fast forward to your present time and you're having your this reaction, you're not really thinking consciously on a conscious level. You're just having the reaction because at some point in time you felt chastised and hurt, um, and you may have actually gotten spanking or a beating over leaving the juice on the counter when you were a kid, and now you're having this. Ex- experience with the person that you're involved with but it you know it's really not about the juice but I mean that is not an adequate reason for you to to you know verbally abuse and be in that state of of having that that fear come up and causing you to behave in a hateful uh, manner, and as a, as a result of you behaving in this hateful manner, you know, you're, you cause division because when a person is feeling attacked, what's going to happen? They're going to get defensive, and what happens overall, you know, if the your beloved has the reaction because all of a sudden they're not really un- understanding why is she getting upset or why is he getting upset over some juice. You know, it's just juice. If we could buy some more, it's not like we don't have the money to get it. So, therefore, this reaction has its, has its uh, ability to divide you and cause more injury. So what you need to do is pull back, you know, pull back when you feel yourself rising up, uh, rising up in anger over something that, and especially if you find yourself acting immediately on it, you know, it, it just rises up and it just seems to have come out of nowhere. It just simply means that there is a button, there is a shadow, there there is a button that, that you have developed at some point in your experience that has brought that, that has come up in that particular moment so that you could be healed of that. Now, I'm going to go, before I get into the how to uh, heal that, I'm going to give a couple of more examples. So, I've already, you know, talked to Reverend Harvey about this. Um, and, you know, for for those of you who don't know, one of the things that I do actually call Harvey is practice hubby because um, quite a step, as much as I love Robin Harvey, he himself has admitted himself to be a little bit of a bear. So one time in our initial getting together, I... You know, we were having a talk and we were having an exchange, and there are some times in my communication that I go ahead and I I repeat what a person is saying, but it's an idiosyncratic thing. It is a part of my, it's a part of the process, especially where I may not be feeling all that, uh, you know, I'm reiterating it within myself 
so that I know that I have fully understand what the person said. And and I had done this with him and he you know, all of a sudden he just he he's like, Why are you repeating what I'm saying? Do you think I'm stupid or something? And I was looking at him and understand I, I have I've been doing work on myself for a long time and I was looking at him like he was kind of crazy and I'm like no, I don't think you're stupid at all. In fact, it's just something that's idiosyncratic. Now, you know, Reverend Harvey can be confirmed before everybody else um, uh, if this is a what uh, his interpretation of it. But he had had this fear that I, you know, that I was in some way judging him. Whatever the internal story was. Um, that he was telling himself, he felt that I was repeating that story uh, in the present time when all I was just doing was just reaffirming. Now, if we had been, if we hadn't been doing the type of work that we had been doing, there that fear that had risen up in him could have caused, um, you know, more division. The fear showed up as anger. And that anger, you know, that anger came out in a a not-so-pleasant, kind of a hateful manner. But one of the things that I had known over the years, you know, over the time of getting to know him is I knew the story. So I wasn't always, I'm not always quick to react to what was being presented. And it could have quite possibly caused a division. But then again, I had been doing work for on myself and knowing exactly that uh, and having that sort of understanding like well you know I I know that that this thing that I did it you know it didn't really warrant that so I'm I'm trying to figure out what was going on with him there and another I'm going to give another example and I'm sure you know Ladies and gentlemen, if there are any of you out there listening, you know, there may be, uh, you may be walking down the street with your beloved and you see a person who is provocatively dressed. And the person who is provocatively dressed, you know, obviously is out there to be seen. And the man looks over at, at, the, at the woman. That, at the woman, and you know, I, I think that many women have this idea, or this thought, or this expectation that that the men, since men seem to be visually driven, that they're desiring to be with that person, when in fact they may be making like a quick judgment or assessment of it, and and then you know, and then the woman is jumping down his throat about why he's looking at that woman, why he's looking at the other woman. Because, you know, within that woman, what's coming up for her is that I'm fearful of the fact that he's going to want that other woman. And then they get angry and scream at their mate and their beloved because they're looking at that woman. And there is a preoccupation and concern about it. And what, you know, and you end up getting into and getting into an argument. So what do you, you know, but again, it's one of those situations where you have to ask yourself, well, what is it that's going on in me? What did, what does this 
bring up in me? Why am I reacting this way? Because here's the thing, ladies. Right. Men are visually driven. Mm-hmm. And the source of creation created men to be visually driven. However, that individual, your beloved, is with you. And he chose you over anybody else because of certain reasons. Now, I'm not, I mean, he did not, he just happened to look. He did not necessarily bear off the road and decided to leave you right in that moment and go to that woman. He did not leave you and do that right there. And here's the thing. If a gentleman does that, if a man that you're with does something like that, then you already have a knowing that that person is probably not for you and is probably faithless, and you are always going to be in that state of insecurity. However, one of the things that you need to take a look at and look back at within yourself is like, well, where is the first time that I had this type of experience? Where did I see it take place first? And sometimes you may have to you may have to go to that place of looking at it over and over again because especially if it is a pattern for you that you mm-hmm. have this particular thing come up for you, you're going to have to go ahead and look back at all of those particular times that you repeated that particular pattern until you kind of unearth exactly where that seemed to have started out with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Arlene, yeah. let, me just, let me just interject for a second. So okay. you're saying, it sounds to me like you're saying that um, each of us, if we are having an experience with a mate who gazes at another woman, has that insecurity um, within ourselves, and it stems from, Something. I mean, I get the insecurities where insecurity stems it, but when mm-hmm. you say where did that come from? Because mm-hmm. I mean, I've had those insecure feelings, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I can't relate it to anything that I can remember, you know, in my past where someone, you know, looked at someone. Else. I, you know, I'm just, I'm not really getting that part. Um, what what okay. would have happened? Like, give me an example of something that would have okay. happened that would relate so, to that. Okay, so I will I will give an example um, of that. So, one of the things that you know, I know that my mother, you know, um, experienced uh, or had an understanding of was that. Her father was a philanderer. And so the thing is, is that with, okay, well, maybe that's not the best example, but say, for instance, father is a philanderer, and you as the daughter see your mother crying and upset because the father has, you know, has chosen to, has chosen to go off and be with another woman. Or maybe the mother was okay with him going to other people, but she deep within herself had this, you know, wanted something better for herself. She wanted him to to be faithful to her, but because she did not have the esteem to say, you know, 
hey, I, you know, you obviously, I, I am really wanting a person to be faithful to me, and and you know, this type of behavior is, you know, uh, is unacceptable. And she did not set her boundary. And so, in the back of your mind, as that child, you're growing up, and you continue to have that you in your relationship, and you're you're thinking that you know men are not faithful. Men are going to fool around. They may come back home to you, but this person is not completely mine. And this is one of the things that we call the shadow. Like these are these are like the reason why you're having that instinctive reaction is because is because there is some underlying story that's being rolled around in place in your mind about how the nature of men. So I'm gonna go ahead and give the solution because here's the here's the thing. I, I did get a spiritual download about how to not only affect the collective consciousness, but the consciousness of the individual. And the step number one is pray for healing and spiritual transformation and emotional transformation within yourself and understanding that you are in divine collective, in, or you are in divine alignment with the source of creation. And the way the source of creation sees it is that absolutely perfect. Now, this, the way this, I should say, translates is one of the things that I had learned um, through just my relationship with Harvey, the in-practice hubby, was that the, you know, uh, let me set this up before I get down, go down that road. One of the reasons why our business partnership was formed, it was. I will tell everybody, anybody who asked me, this was a divinely put together business partnership. And what I was told by Spirit was that I was to help Harvey heal over some concerns or some experiences and his um, challenges with his mother. And my and my part was to was to speak up more, to talk more. So we did actually I did try to actually do some shadow work with him and I noticed like immediately right off that that that, that wasn't gonna work and I just sort of simply surrendered. Uh surrendered it and said, you know what, God's source of creation, uh, you know, I don't see how trying to do shadow work with Harvey is going to work. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm turning this over to you. You know, let this evolve, evolve into the way it's supposed to be. Oh, you know, or whatever it is, let, you know, I'm going to surrender it to you and let you transform it and see what happens. And what I began to notice and recognize after I had started the praying, is that much of the work that he needed for his own healing, he started to do himself. Because oftentimes when we would have our talks, I would be the perfect mirror for him. Um, But uh, I will say 
that that is the very first thing that you start doing, you know, and you can make it a part of your spiritual practice that that the healing and the transformation that needs to take place in you because the thing is that the source has Source has the plan for you. Source has its own plan for how that's going to evolve. You are going to be kind of divinely led into whatever it is that you need to actually facilitate the healing. Now, there are several tools out here that can be used in order to deal with the issues of the shadow. However, however, how that begins to translate, you know, you're going to find yourself drawn to those things that are going to allow you to have that help uh, help out. And Harvey himself has said he has gone through, you know, he he has seen the changes, and I, I myself have actually admitted that I've seen the changes in him um, as well. Um, but does that answer your question? Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Well, and actually, the first example that you gave uh, answered the question for me because, um, you know, I I've never had that experience. Uh, you okay. know, I didn't grow up. I didn't grow up with that, but um, I can see how that could be something that would affect a person in their own relationship. So I'm at right, right now. <laughs> I'm thinking about you know. I don't even call anything that, that would have related to that, but uh. well, then the thing that you need to ask yourself is like, well, this insecurity, you know, insecurity within the relationship, you know, uh, where is that coming from? Where is that? Where what is looking to be revealed? Because it may not necessarily be that particular type of example for you. It just may be a thing where you felt like you did not receive enough love and attention from, you know, the, you know, your first boyfriend technically, which is, you know, father figure. You know, your father figure, it generally kind of helps you along with that. And he may not have had all of the qualities or the things that you needed. Uh, and so there's a part of you that's feeling insecure about that. But, you know, being being in this place, in this understanding of uh, being in this place and understanding that your father did the best that he can could. I, and this is and this is just me throwing this out there because I don't know what the actual reality may actually be. Right. And you know what I think, you know, I'm just going to say I think that even the insecurity, the insecurity issue is the biggest issue. And I think mm-hmm. that um, I, I mean, I would get, I would venture to say I'm not, you know, um, but I would venture to say that when women experience that kind of a situation, that it's it's our own insecurity, period. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, uh, well, I'm I'm not good enough. Well, he, you know, he's attracted to someone else, and you know, so we start feeling down about ourselves. But but at the same time, Arlene, and I'm so glad you said what you said about, you know, the reality is that men are vision are visionaries and if they see something that looks good, they are going to look. And, I, you know, I kind of got that um, a, a long time ago. To me, it depends on how a man looks um, now in my relationships. It depends on how a man looks. 
because men can look and not be disrespectful to the woman that they are with. And brothers, I hope you're listening <laughs> because it is nothing wrong with a brother taking a glance at a good-looking woman that's walking by them. But, you know, when you're with your lady, your wife, your beloved, your head should not turn all the way around to gaze because that is very hurtful to me and dishonorable and disrespectful. So that's what I would say about that particular situation. But, again, the major thing is where does the insecurity come from from? that's already inside? Yeah. And and understand, um, I I want people to really understand that uh, that that whole thing with the insecurity, um, it's not just limited – it's not just limited to your past experience. Um, one of the things that, you know, marketing is a multi-billion dollar industry. And they, they're, we're constantly being pumped, you know, we're constantly being affluent and pumped with this information that we're not quite well enough. But if we buy this particular product, we're going to be okay. And that's not the truth. So, you know, be mindful of what it is that you're putting yourself. Be mindful of what it is that, you know, that you're looking at. Be mindful of what is the message that's being, you know, pumped out by the media when you see it. Because I, I know, especially especially now, um, with what's going on in media, it, it is looking, you know, it just... I just, for a minute there, step back from your emotions and look at what's actually being done. There is an active energy and a force coming from the television or coming from the radio that's telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that, you know, that to, to you know, divide us, to not look at our fellow human beings as feeling human beings because you're not, you know, some people, those people over there, you know, yet. There's a lot of money, and I'm I'm gonna um, reference a story that I remember back from when I was a kid when I called the speeches, and the speeches were you know there were the star belly speeches and the you know the, the speeches without the the stars on the belly, and there was a little monster that came along and said you know. I saw the how the non-star belly speeches were being being treated badly, <laughs> and and he says to the non-star belly speeches, like you know what? I see how they're treating you, the star belly speeches are treating you badly. Let me go ahead and you know I have a machine that can put stars on your belly. So he went ahead and he you know he charged them a fee to put stars on their belly. And so after all of those non-star belly sneeches went ahead and and got stars in their belly, they said the ones that originally had the stars, you know, we're just like you. We, we can, you know, we can go ahead and play whatever games or be at the parties and do whatever you do. Well, the ones with the star, you know, the stars on the, the on the belly initially, so like, well, this is unacceptable. So this little monster had other machine, and he went to the ones that originally had the stars, and and told them, you know, I have a machine 
that can take the stars off of your belly so that you could go ahead and feel superior to these people. And so what happened was, you know, what began to happen was there began to be this cycle back and forth because, you know, after the the ones that originally had the stars had the stars taken off and so we're still superior. We're still better than you. So I'm, I'm, I only bring that story up because it's very, I, I sort of apropos to what happens with advertisers when they they get into your head. And they, they're they very effective at it. They use music. They use sound. You know, they use all of these sensory things to get you to feel less than adequate. So, you know, it, it, is, it is like a part of the... Part of the I'm sorry. I was going to say, I really want to say something about that, and so I apologize for interrupting you. But I think one of the things that I think this is very correct because, I mean, I'm looking at this weekend that's coming up, and I would like to see what your ideas are about that with regard to the marketing piece. So, Mm -hmm. you know, every year comes Valentine's Day, okay? Mm -hmm. And, of course, that all has to do with commercialism. Mm-hmm. Um, they they choose a certain time of the year to tell us when we're supposed to honor and love one another and celebrate and, you know, they have all these commercials on with the diamond rings and the flower people are getting their stuff in and, of course, the car people are getting their stuff in and, you know, you're hearing all the hoopla about, you know, taking your lady out to dinner and, you know, this is a big, 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 big deal. Mm-hmm. And I and as a society we buy into it big time. So mm-hmm. what happened to the the sister? And I only say from a sister's point of view because you know this holiday is usually around men, you know, doing something special for their lady. Mm-hmm. Um, not that women don't do anything for their men because they do too. So, but anyway, so okay, so here you are this Valentine's Day, and you've got this great big expectation that. Your beloved is going to, you know, take you out to dinner, you know, buy you a specific, you know, a nice gift or come with some flowers, and none of that happens. And so now what? Now all of a sudden, and I only base this on my own experience, now all of a sudden my feelings are hurt. He doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me. He didn't bring me the things that I thought he was going to do. He didn't show, blah, 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 blah. And there that goes. And then you may get that thing, you know, like we were talking about that song in the beginning where it says, you might wake up tomorrow and I ain't going to be here, you know, and that could be based on you didn't bring me anything for Valentine's Day. So i just like to get your thoughts about that, and then I know we're going to have to come to a close. My gosh, the time has just gone so quickly, but I really would like to get your thoughts about that because it is a special, you know, this is that weekend that we call the Love Weekend. Okay. So here's the thing. Uh, now that you're aware of the marketing, um, now that you're there, what, you know, done, it's sort of in the blood project. Is that that whole thing with that particular day? Um, 
Did we lose? We lost you, Arlene. Okay, well. Okay. Well, I hope we still come back in. Um, Ronnie, mm-hmm. uh, or, uh, Ronnie, did you have any thoughts about that, when, the question I was asking? I'm sorry, hello, Z. I'm here. Now, I was asking you, did you have any thoughts about that question that I just asked? Uh, of what is just done in the society, and there's mass media going on with it. Um, I, what I would recommend is, you know, go ahead and just actually acknowledge that, that, you know, you mentioned it to your beloved, that, uh, that you know, that you were wanting something. Because the, the question I would really first ask you is that, did you mention it, mention it to him? Because let me put it to you this way, sometimes there are some men that just are forgetful and and actually have a, you know, actually have a talk about, you know, how it made you feel and just acknowledge that, you know, that may not have necessarily been his intention, but that was how you felt about that particular day. And, you know, and just so that you're not, um, I guess you could say, enslaved to the what what mass marketing would have. Uh start ha- having a conversation about how you can make um uh, every day or every other day uh a day of love. Because the thing is it's not that just because of that particular, you know, that particular Valentine's Day, it, it's not necessarily um you know, it's not really about that day at all. You know, this is just a day that was created, uh, created um, actually surrounding, uh, surrounding. Uh, I think historically, surrounding the massacre. But, um, but it's a day that's being used as a marketing tool to get everybody to spend their money to buy the roses and to buy the candy and to have the dinners. But it does not have that that type of experience does not have to be surrounded and centered around that day. And actually having a talk with your partner about how you can start making, you know, maybe there will be one day a month that's not necessarily associated with that particular holiday, but one day a month that's just about celebrating your youth. And that's well, what you know I... what, Arlene, I'm so glad you said that because just today I, I spoke with a gentleman um, on the phone about some customer service issues I was having, and I said to him something about Valentine's Day. He said, my wife and I are all having an agreement that every day is Valentine's Day for us. We honor each other every day. And I just thought that that was so beautiful. And I personally would love to um, to get, you know, in a relationship where we do that, where we don't wait for one day a year to say, right. you know, we're going to do our dinner or do the flowers or any of that, that that, you know, needs to be a part of every day that we 
experience together. And even with our, our loved ones, you know, like our mothers or, you know, um, you know our uh, special friends, you know, that we can give them flowers and candy at any time. So, you know, for the family, um, although we do want you to have an amazing and enjoyable and loving a weekend and whatever plans you have uh, for this uh, Valentine's Day, I would just encourage you to make every day a day of love, a day where we honor and respect one another and do something special for one another. You know, guys, for women, it could just be baby. Put your feet up here and let me give your feet a massage. I know that's right. You ain't right. got to go out <laughs> and get no flowers. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You ain't got to bring me a big old box of chocolates. Just put your hands on my feet. <laughs> give me a massage. And just say, oh, baby, I just love you so much. It's just my pleasure to serve you. What do you think about that, Von? I am loving that. I am loving it. I mean, you know, it is, and, and being present, you know, we talked about that some last week with um, Nakima, with that, you know, and just, you know, not having your mind every which way, you know, just being right here with me, you know, enjoying this space and time together, you know, and and as a young man said to you today, you know, every day, can be Valentine's, and and I think that, you know, um, what we should come into the understanding that we have the power to create that, you know, we don't have to leave it up to marketing and, um, you know, what we see out in the media to dictate how we're going to express our love in our relationships. So the fact that, you know, when we when we recognize that we have that ability and that we can, you know, we can create every day can be Valentine's Day. Every day can be your birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every day. Yes. And, you know, uh-huh. every day, every day be a day of love starting with ourselves. And, you yes. know, I appreciate uh, uh, Harvey and Arlene coming on tonight. You know, to get to, to first of all make us have the awareness of uh, this war or love and how it shows up in our life, uh, in our families, in our community, in our workplaces, in our world. And yeah. then, of course, um, when Arlene talks about, you know, where are these feelings coming from? So instead of emotionally responding, uh, when something happens, uh, take a look, take some time to do that, go within, with introspection mm-hmm. and find and out where are these feelings coming from? Why, why am I feeling, you know, hurt because he left the toilet seat up? He right. like, honor right. me, you don't honor me, you never respect me, you don't put the toilet in You know, and it seems like a silly thing when I'm saying it, but God knows I have had that conversation. <laughs> I mean, I don't do it now, and I'm grateful that I have grown, but I can remember you know, mm-hmm. telling, you know, my husband, you don't love me, you don't care about me, you put the toilet seat down. And it, it's like, oh, baby, you know, I, I, you know, I just want to back up for so long, I just forget sometimes, I apologize, you know. So it's, you know, it, yes, go within, 
brothers mm-hmm. and sisters, sisters and brothers, before we get upset with our loved ones, let's go with them. Take that time, breathe, and probably after we find out where all that stuff is coming from, we won't even have to have that conversation. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's one of my big takeaways for tonight.
Thank you so much, Bonnie, for that. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask um, Reverend Reverend Arlene if um, you could offer a prayer uh, that would cover all that you have talked about, the prayer for the world, the prayer for Mm -hmm. our family, and the prayer for ourselves. Would you be able to offer that uh, before we leave tonight? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, although, do be mindful, I am right right now going to the Holland Tunnel. So, if you do lose me, you know, hold on tight. I'll be right back. But um, <laughs> yes. So, you know, I want everybody to close their eyes. And what? What I want you to do is see in your mind's eye, because I'm going to start out with the meditation. I want you to see in your mind's eye a golden beam of light that comes down through the crown of your head. And this golden beam of light comes from the source of creation. And I want you to feel it come down your head. And it permeates every cell every fiber within your body. Feel it come down your face, this golden beam of light. And everywhere this golden beam of light touches brings you complete and total alignment with the source of creation. I want you to feel that golden beam of light come down your face, your neck, your shoulders, this golden beam of light that comes from the source of creation. And everywhere this golden beam of light touches brings you into complete alignment with the source of creation. Feel it go down your chest, your arms, your torso, your hips, your thighs, that golden beam of light. And everywhere this golden beam of light touches brings you into complete alignment with the source of creation. Feel it go down your knees, your calves, through the soles of your feet down to the center of the earth. Feel that golden beam of light. And everywhere this golden beam of light touches brings you into complete alignment with the source of creation. Feel that golden beam of light make its way back towards you from the center of the earth. Up through the soles of your feet. Up through your calves, your knees, your thighs, your hips, your torso, your fingers, your arms, that golden beam of light that is in complete alignment with the source of creation. Feel the deep love that the source of creation had in creating it. 
allow yourself to see and feel how the source of creation sees you. And the source of creation sees you as absolute perfection. Feel it go up your chest, your shoulders, your neck, your face. Feel that golden middle of light make its way back up to the source of creation. And everywhere this light touches brings you in complete alignment with source. Feel the great love, the joy, the harmony, the healing, the transformation of who you really are and how you express sources, love, and light in the world. And see that golden beam of light expand throughout through your body and throughout your bioenergetic field. How does it feel to you when you are how does it feel when your body when you're emanating sources of love, healing, harmony, and joy, how does it feel to your body? Feel it expand to your beloved, to your children, to your community. See that love expand and have them knowing that they are one with source, that they have their healing, their transformation. Be one and know that the source of creation knows and sees how they are in perfect alignment. And so that they have their transformation, their healing, and their deep understanding so that they can transform whatever doubts, fears, worry. Let all of their, let know that the source of creation is transforming them on a deep, deep level so that they know who they really are. See that love expand to every human being on the planet and allow yourself to see it expand out globally around the earth. Knowing that we are all one, let that transformation that all of humanity is needing take place. Know that it is already done because we just merely had the thought of it. Just stay here for a moment. Now, allow your awareness to return back to the top of your head, 
to your face. You can feel yourself coming back and know that that vibration that we worked on is is already activated, is still operating. So we're going to allow our own consciousness to come back to our neck, our shoulders, our arms, our chest, our torso. Feel ourselves coming back into alignment. Feel that he'll feel consciousness return to your hips, your thighs, your shoulders, your thighs, your calves. Your feet. Oh wow. And whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes. Thank you so much. Wow. I felt the love pouring in me, through me, and out from me, out into all creation. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Next week, our Queen of Desire, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Ms. Janine Ann Ingram is going to be with us, and she's going to be bringing on, ooh, Lord have mercy, she's going to be bringing on this brother. His name is Messiah. Oh, brother yeah. Messiah is, uh, <laughs> he's a playwright, and um, he has created something called the Penis Monologue. Mm-hmm. I am telling you, we are in for Woo! a treat. And you know, we've all heard about the vagina monologues, right? You know how we, <laughs> yes, we got the penis. The talk about where the penis <laughs> got a story, too. Wow. <laughs> so the brother's going to come next week. He's going to do a little penis monologue for us. He's going to talk about what he's doing on the planet and making a difference in the world and how he uh, takes what he does to our young Mm -hmm. people. So you want to make sure you're on the call. You want to make sure. Nope, don't bring your young people to the call now. No. It's going to be a a hot, juicy call. But but you are going to hear more from from this beautiful soul uh, named Messiah. So um, you'll be looking out for that. We'll have that posted up on our uh, Love, Sex, and Nutrition Facebook page. Bonnie, you want to tell the family how they can reach out to us and connect with us via social media? Yes, Sam. So, yes, we are on social media. We are on Facebook on Love, Sex, and Nutrition. We are also on Twitter as well as sexual underscore educator. So you can look for us there. And then also, if you have any questions for us, you feel free to email us at love, sex, and nutrition at gmail.com. So if you ever, you know, think of any topics or any suggestions for guests as well, feel free to um, reach out to Z or myself. At M on our social media platform as well as email. And then, see, I also want to share that within the upcoming months, we are actually going to have a Let's Talk Love, Sex, and Nutrition website as well. So that's going to be the link to the Love, Sex, and Nutrition website. So that is the um, come in the near future. I'm very excited about that. And, um, you know, it just, you know, um, Bringing bringing more good guests and more content and you know and just you know we're just putting it out there what we're trying to do with the message of you know spreading love and um, you know bringing to light um, nutrition and the things that we can do for our sexual health and reproductive vitality. So we're going to keep on doing that in 2016. And Sam, we just look forward to you know to to doing it. Awesome! Yeah. I love that website mm-hmm. coming up. That's awesome, girl. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I didn't see any hands raised uh, in the queue um, from the audience that they wanted to ask any questions. So okay. I will offer that uh, just before we get ready to go. If there's anyone who had a question or comment. Um, about tonight's show, um, we'd appreciate you. Um, but we do want to let you know we do appreciate you so much for taking the time to be here with us tonight. I hope mm-hmm. you all have a wonderful, loving, loving, loving week. Just, you know, just share more love. You know, I think we really got a good message tonight 
about how we can bless our world just by being love ourselves, sharing love, just a mm-hmm. hug from folks, you know. If there's somebody that you haven't seen or talked to, just call them up and say, I love you. I don't remember if I told you lately, but I love you. And if you're mad with your boo, just go to tell him or her, I love you. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It ain't going to make you, it's not going to make you look weak or anything. It's just going to make you be expressing God more. I love you. Powerful, powerful words that change lives. And so uh, with that, I'm going to say I love you all so much. We look forward to coming back again next Friday, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Come back, invite some friends, and we can hear the brother talk about the penis monologue. Oh, and finally, yes. while you are leading the family out, I'm going to get our song prepared. We're going to lead out with Starlight and You, Ronnie okay. So I will let you say uh, goodbye to the family. All right, Sam. And I just want to say, again, thank you for joining us for another Friday evening of Let's Talk, Love, Sex, and Nutrition. I look forward to being with you next Friday when we have a brother Messiah talking about the penis monologue. So, see, I am excited about that. Can't wait to um, see what that show is going to be about. (laughs) So, I want to say that I love you all, and I will see you all next week. Peace and blessings.
Bless, we're loved. 